And welcome to Episode Party, the show where we talk about our favourite podcasts. I'm Jack Tudor. I'm Freddie Harrison. And for the last time in 2017, we're here to talk about some podcasts. In this special edition, we're going to talk about our favourite podcasts of 2017. We're going to have some old ones from old episodes of Episode Party, some new ones we haven't actually talked about on the show but we've been enjoying and just going to have a good old natter about a a year in podcasting, eh, Freds? That sounds like a great plan to me. Nice one. Well, you're going to kick us off, Freds. We've put together uh, three podcasts each that we've been enjoying throughout this year. And Freddie, if you'd like to give us your first of those three podcasts. Yeah, this one feels quite fitting because this podcast itself has, has been going for uh, just over a year, in fact. I think they, they kind of talk about it as if they've only just been going for a year, but they've been going for just over over a year. Um, and that podcast is Due by Friday, uh, which is a podcast hosted by Merlin Mann, Alex Cox and Max Temkin. So Alex Cox and Max Temkin uh, both work for uh, Cards Against Humanity. And uh, Merlin Mann is a, a speaker, productivity, expert man excellent person i, I think he's brilliant <laughs> he's i feel i feel like a, i feel like his titles really let him down there but he, he does a lot of podcasts and um he uh, he's kind of famous i suppose in inverted commas for for running a site called 43 folders which is a site about productivity and creativity and all that kind of stuff and it was well ahead of all the bullshit that kind of happens now so it's it he, he was really ahead of his time and actually his stuff's incredibly i don't even want to say incredibly authentic because i think i sound like tim veris but <laughs> It, it does. It sounds. It sounds really. It is really um, genuine. It's a really genuinely useful tool, and it's a nice one to go and dig out if you really want to. Mm. Um, but he's kind of turned his hand to podcasts, and uh, I think he does a great job of it. So yeah, do by Friday. Um, they call it a weekly challenge podcast, and and the the kind of underlying and occasionally barely there format is that they set each other a challenge the week before to do for the following over the following week and then on the podcast they discuss that previous week's challenge and how they got on with it and all the rest of it and i say that's a loose format because it, it it's ostensibly a challenge podcast but it's it's really just them chatting and it's you know loosely a comedy podcast loosely mm. i'd say um in the sense that they over time have developed little bits that they do and characters and th- kind of themes that they talk about which, which kind of recur and i think jack we we've, we've discussed this off air as it were um and it's and it's one of these things that to really be rewarded by it you have to have been listening for some time or have to have gone back to the beginning and listened to 
quite a few um, yeah. to really kind of feel like you're involved with it um so actually on that note this one the episode that i kind of chose for to, for jack to listen to was this episode called hitherto i have demurred and it's a repeat of one of the earlier episodes that they ever did which was when they sent each other some stuff from amazon they tried to find some weird stuff on amazon to send each other and this was a repeat of it and this marked um them hitting a milestone on their patreon um which they they set up to kind of fund their time on the podcast um so the 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 episode i think actually this is probably more focused than some of the other episodes in terms of it actually focusing on a challenge but they basically (laughs) open a bunch of stuff that they sent each other from amazon and there's just like you know some weird stuff in there but it's really really funny um i I've just I don't know how I got into it. I think it came out and someone had tweeted about it and I just thought oh, I'll give it a whirl. And if you're looking for an educational podcast, this isn't it. If you're looking for a fiction podcast, this isn't it. I don't know what you'd be looking for to want to listen to this, but <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I'm really playing it down. I love it. I really do. But I think it's 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 not got a particular strength that it plays to, except for the fact that it really rewards you to have listened to all of it. Mm. Um, because you get to know the hosts and their kind of backstories and the things they've done in previous weeks and all the rest of it. Um, but they are... There are some really, really funny ones. One that kind of springs to mind is one where they have to use... It's like a gig economy service. So they have to use a gig economy service. And I think Max uses Fiverr and pays to get a load of do by friday jingles made and do by friday raps made because you can pay someone <laughs> on fiverr on fiverr to write a rap about anything so i think he gets one made about alex cox and i think he also gets uh, like a jingle made about do by friday and they're all quite funny because this is like really upbeat west coast accents saying do by friday challenge your friends challenge yourself and it's kind of like <laughs> it's, it's just ridiculous i'll shut up in a second but i i, I just really like it i i've just listened to it kind of every week and it's just become a little kind of part of my weekly routine now to to listen to this podcast at one point or another and i just i do find it really funny you know in a kind of like the way that i think you know jack you you and i spoke about there being some parallels with atletico mints which we've covered on our very very first episode earlier on this year um in the sense that to to really get to get your head around it you have to have listened to enough that you know all the characters and all the references they're making yeah um would you say that's fair oh yeah totally it was on my notes already the fact that it's the thing where they're first making jokes and then as time goes on they're joking about the joke and then it sort of cannibalizes itself to the point where it just feels totally absurd but if you've been listening from the beginning you can trace that path to absurdity and that in itself is really satisfying and really funny and it's definitely like Atletico Mints and I think you as well have got the issue that I had with Atletico Mints is, which is like how do I give someone a recommendation of a podcast of one episode where for starters if I give them the first episode they haven't warmed up yet but if I give them episode 57 then they won't understand because the whole reason that you're enjoying it is this gathering of momentum, (laughs) this gathering of rapport and these gathering of in-jokes where you also as the audience member are 
the in you you get it as well even though you're a silent participant you get the jokes that are shared between this intimate group of people and i find this podcast i'll be honest really annoying and i think it's like a sense of (laughs) i think it's got a sense of humor which just doesn't click with me at all i have to say as i listened to this episode as i went on i started to warm towards them a little bit uh right. and sort of you know lessen my hostility which came out in more force than i was expecting there but it's something where i can see certainly that if you're listening week by week because it is so loose and conversational there's a real opportunity to really uh, get into this group uh, and this like group dynamic and this really intimate situation and become a part of just people having a good rollick and just having a laugh because yeah like you say that challenge aspect of it just falls apart in that they're still (laughs) doing the challenge and they're still you know so they've got all these boxes in the studio which are parcels that have been delivered to each of the presenters and they're opening them but as they're doing so like they're talking over each other you've got in that latter portion of the podcast one of them's playing that horrible flute like right into the (laughs) microphone it's just like really and that that did make me laugh a little bit actually because people are just trying to make a point (laughs) and he comes in with this bleating flute but it just and and, you know i do get to the point where i'm like how is this going to even end because it just gets to a point where they're just just saying random shit and you're like well this feels like it's winding down but uh, you know when you're in a group of friends and you're just having a little chat there's no conversational structure it's just like uh, and that is a part of why I think it does feel quite authentic. It feels quite true to itself, but it just doesn't, the tone of it just doesn't appeal to me. So what I think I really enjoy is hearing about you talk about your relationship with it, because, you know, like we've said, it is like Atletico Mints, or it's like um, what I imagine it's like for my brother, my brother and me, where it's like you really have to train yourself to align with that sense of humour. And, um, you know... I'm not there, but I think it's wonderful that you are. And so I love it for you and seeing the smile on your face, Fred. So there you go. That's, that's what I get out uh, of this podcast. Well, if Merlin, Alex or Max are listening and they were losing hope a little bit or just feeling a bit pissed off when you were saying that it didn't click with you, you've redeemed it completely by giving it kind of parallels to Mabim Bam at the end there because yeah. I know the fans of that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I totally know what you mean. It's interesting you pick up the point where you say, I just don't know when it's going to end because mm. I think they have that problem as well. And <laughs> And, you know, they use those jazz breaks as kind of the edits where they, they, someone someone says something. There's like a one-liner or a punchline, and then they cut to a jazz break. And I think that's the kind of mechanic for the edit. But interestingly enough, with their kind of Patreon that they set up, um, the main thing, the main reward you get from that is um, that you get access to a, a private RSS feed, which has effectively a second Dubai Friday show on it which is the after show and they yeah. basically when they cut the show and they finish the show at the end of of the episode they carry on recording and they discuss stuff that they didn't want to discuss on the main podcast um stuff that's perhaps I don't know more explicit more intimate you know more detailed more ridiculous and they also discuss the challenge that they're setting themselves for the following week so that if you're that way inclined you can kind of 
play along with them in a weird way um if that's possible some of them it's not possible at all um so uh, but it is interesting that they've kind of yeah i I find it really interesting they've gone down the route and i I have to admit i'm not a backer yet but um i've read a lot online recently of people just saying it's like it's worth every penny and apparently it's brilliant um hmm. and i imagine again jack i wouldn't necessarily recommend you were backing it to get the after show because i think if you do like the main show i don't know what you're going to think of the after show but um i gotta admit i'm i'm mildly tempted just because i do find the whole thing really funny but i totally get your point which is that if you're new to it i think it's it's hard to get into um yeah. and it's a big ask that you know it's it's they're usually an hour an hour and a half and it's it's <laughs> they're so you know they're so far in now it would be a big ask to say go back and listen to you know all 45 previous episodes from hitherto i've demurred onwards you know and i don't know it would be a huge ask totally. but, um i'm glad you like the fact that I you like, like it. it it's i mean it's yeah. a lot of you know urine and underpants for me really this episode <laughs> without any real understanding of what's going on and it felt again felt like that there was more there than just urine and that it was like a, a ongoing joke but all i was hearing <laughs> is just a lot of a lot of jokes about urine and a lot of underpants oh yeah yeah i'm remember now yeah i'm with you i'm with you yeah jack Give me your recommendation. Let's see if we're uh, we're more aligned there. Let's give it a go. So, some of all parts is my recommendation in it, and it's a podcast again, like Dubai Friday. We haven't actually discussed on episode party before as a recommendation, and that's probably because it's a podcast that I've only discovered very recently, and it's not actually one that I've listened to a whole ton of episodes on. But there's one in particular which this year for me was really exciting and really enjoyable so some of all parts is a podcast from the abc which is the australian broadcasting commission and it's presented by a guy called joel verner who's a science journalist at uh, it's called rn i think it's like a division or a, a production company that's part of abc uh, and it's uh, extraordinary stories from the world of numbers so I love maths and number theory. I think it's really interesting. It's not something that I'm hugely experienced in. I'm not an expert, but any time that I come across something which utilizes this as a subject, it really excites me. But also, I feel like this is one that's likely going to be enjoyed by people who don't have that basis for enjoying it as well just because of the way that it's told it feels to me a bit like a 99% invisible for numbers and so yeah this episode that I really enjoyed is called The Infinite God and it's by uh, about a chap called Rob Schneider who um not the actor this guy makes music as um the (laughs) apples in stereo and it all starts where he gets this vintage tape machine sent to his studio and while he starts to use it it keeps breaking all of the time and then while they start by getting a technician out to fix it eventually it just gets to the point where the technician's like look these diodes that keep going are going to keep exploding you need to learn to fix this yourself so he starts to get into electronics which takes him into ohm's law and then takes him into formulae generally and then number theory and he becomes fascinated in it and it's about his transition really from from music into mathematics and then working under a professor called ken ono and they work together to um, explore the theories of this um, Indian mathematician called Ramanujan, who sounds incredible. Mm. Ramanujan yeah. is um, a real character in himself. And it's just, I just found it so 
so exciting to hear about. I mean, Rob Schneider sounds like he's bursting at the seams, like when he's talking about maths. He barely mm. takes a breath. And it's one of those things where you get to the other side of it, and I'm like... I want to get into number theory and like I just want to start you know start my own theories and all of this a bit like when I watched Whiplash and I was like oh gosh I want to be a jazz drummer you know I mean it didn't last (laughs) I'm not a jazz drummer now but it's just one of those things that really galvanizes my interest in the subject it's so infectiously done and I just think it's not really um, nicely presented. It's got a real passion, I think, running through the whole thing. There's a real energy. Like, the production has kind of got that whizzy radio lab, like, you know, stuff in your left ear, stuff in your right, big reverbs all of a sudden. And, you know, sometimes it gets a bit cheesy, but ultimately, I think, you know, any podcast that manages to make a really exciting narrative out of number theory and mathematics is great. There's another, there's a couple of other episodes that I've enjoyed listening to as well. There's someone uh, who has uh, seizures quite regularly, who talks about the fact that when he does get these seizures, he also hears music. And they managed to pair up this chap with a guy who generates music out of data and this guy generates a piece of music out of this chap's seizure data which is really interesting and I think really nicely done and the way that they bring those two characters together I think is very artfully done as well so yeah it just seems like a really good podcast to me that particular episode for me I really enjoyed but generally quite enjoyable i mean i'd like to know what you think of it fred because we haven't actually spoken about this one on air or off no um i should preface with um although i find things like number theory fascinating um i am chronically bad at maths and always have been (laughs) Um, you're a good case in point then for you know whether or not you enjoyed this well, yeah, and I think, I don't know whether it was just my kind of listening context at the time. I think I was kind of doing housework and cleaning up and all the rest of it. But, like, it was like Radio Lab on speed. It was like really the production yeah. so. It, it, it almost to the point where I found it hard to keep up. Almost, <laughs> almost. Like it was, it was good in a way because it was so. I don't. I, I want to say erratic, but I don't want to say that in a way that it felt uncalculated. It was totally, you know, it was totally calculated in the kind of the edit. But it's so fast and choppy and you know things like you say things are one thing's in one ear one thing's in the other ear. Suddenly someone's coming in there chatting and then someone else is chatting over them and, and it gets really. It was so arresting in that sense because I I couldn't continue whatever it was I was doing at the time and kind of listen passively. Mm. I had to really stop and listen. And I wanted to because I found the actual story really interesting. You know, I like I say, I'm not I'm not a numbers person, but I found the actual story really interesting and I found the way that they were effectively telling two narratives of two different people at the same time really interesting. Bloody confusing at times, but I did find it really, really good. <laughs> yeah. Um and uh yeah in that sense i I did really enjoy it and i think you're you're totally right about um joel verner he he was just super infectiously passionate about his subject and it really came across in his presenting and he you know he just seemed to have this kind of like well like it sounded like he had this big old grin on his face the entire time that he was talking yeah and that came across really really well and i really enjoyed that so 
I, I, I haven't actually listened to any other episodes, but the one you, you've just mentioned there about the, the guy who had the seizures and they, you know, generated music based on seizures, that sounds super interesting. Mm. Um, so I, I, I am definitely going to keep this one on my feet and di- dip into it from time to time because although it's certainly not one of the ones, you know, it's it's not in that sense of do by Friday where I can kind of go and make dinner and while I'm making dinner have it on the background and kind of dip in and <laughs> laugh at a few bits. This is This definitely commands my attention in the sense that there is so much going on that I need to kind of devote all of my brain to picking apart what's happening um, and and you know following the narrative. I, uh, am I over-egging that, Jack, or is it a bit kind of crazy in terms of the edit, or was I just not paying attention at the time? No, no, this one I think so. This one is is an exception in that sense, in that it is particularly crazy, and I think the reason for that is probably narrative driven in the fact that this guy is experiencing an opening of the floodgates on number theory and so it's like this sudden rush like an epiphany of oh my gosh there's all these numbers out there and and suddenly this is something that he's noticing in his environment and his landscape and he's plunging into like full pelt and so i think what they're trying to do and also i think they're also trying to find a production style that keeps pace with rob schneider himself who like (laughs) i say is almost like rapping the way he's talking just so quick and just yeah. so so articulate and so uh, the, the the way that he's talking about numbers i think just needs to be married with this experience of feeling yeah. like you're hurtling through you know the stratosphere of number theory so I think that's why this one is particularly unhinged in that sense. The others are, don't get me wrong, they're still pretty cyclonic in their like production style, and there's still a lot going on at the margins, but I don't think there's anything which is quite as ballistic as this one. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think, and it also matches up with uh, old um, Romanajan as well, and he's kind of like fever dreams he'd have where he'd, you know, <sighs> see things and get theories and stuff from them, and I feel like the whole thing to me was a bit of a kind of fever dream of discovery in that yeah, sense. Yeah, totally, um, yeah. But I, I did enjoy it, and uh, I will be I will be having a look and seeing what else is out there, definitely. Um, yes. So, good recommendation, Jack. Thank you. And if you want to put forward your next one freds yes so this should come as uh, no surprise we have a hundred percent talked about this podcast before on a previous episode this year um so this is Twenty Thousand hertz again and um i'll be honest i don't listen to Twenty Thousand hertz religiously in the same way that i might do by friday or anything like that um but i do dip in and out and and this one came up in my feed and i, I kind of had to listen which was the episode on disney parks and I, I i i do like disney i think it's i think it's good fun and uh, but i i always i always remember as a kid um one of the things that i remember really fascinating wasn't the rides or any of the big things but it was the the kind of environmental experience you had around it and it was to do with things like you know when you walk from because obviously in the parks you have different areas and when you walk from one area to the other it was the little things like the plants that they had would change Mm. and the colors they had would change and the, the street lamps would change style and one of the things that i also noticed was that the music would change and the music would gradually fade out as you walked away from one part of the park and gradually fade into the other, almost like someone had a crossfader in your mind and was just taking you from one track to the other. Mm. And 
I found that really, really interesting. And so when this one came up, I, I thought, well, they've got to be talking about something like that, haven't they? So I, I did have a listen, um, and I really, really enjoyed this episode. So they talked to some of the Imagineers from Disney, who the you know the team that create rides and create the park experience and stuff like that. And they talk about the challenges of working with animatronics, for example. So one of the things that I kind of didn't even think about was that when you've got a character, an animatronic character speaking, their voice has to come from the direction of their mouth. It has to come from somewhere around their mouth. Because if it comes out of a speaker elsewhere, it doesn't feel real. Mm. And, you know, in most cases in Disney, you obviously know that whatever you're looking at is not real. That's, That's a given. But it has to feel real in order to be good so you know they were talking about the challenges of when you've got animatronics which are in themselves complicated things trying to fit some way of emitting sound from somewhere near the head of that animatronic is i i I, it was just a little eye-opener and i think it was a really interesting one as well because i always think when podcasts get guests on from big companies um some you know someone like disney i kind of my my initial kind of skepticism was something along the lines of well they're not going to say much because they can't because this is all trade secrets and in a sense they didn't but in a sense they really did and i think that there was enough in there to make them really worthy guests which i really really enjoyed and i think it's just a really good Twenty thousand hertz um you know, like i say i don't listen to them all and i've definitely listened to a few in the past where i've kind of been a bit so-so about them but i really really enjoyed this episode maybe it was the subject matter maybe it was my own childhood memories but i think they definitely did a great job with joe and mike the two disney imagineers in terms of getting a sufficient level of detail and a sufficient like peek behind the curtain from them that i wasn't necessarily expecting to get from two people who had to probably sign a few you know <laughs> contracts and ndas and stuff with disney before they were allowed to kind of talk on air yeah. or maybe they weren't maybe disney's way more chill about these things than i'd expect but i just kind of i just always think with these things the bigger the guest or the bigger the company the guest works for the less empowered they feel to be able to say anything and i think mm. they they managed to get you know a good level of detail out to the point where it was enjoyable um what do you think jack yeah you're totally right i didn't really think about that aspect of it that much but now you mention it i mean it also doesn't feel like this blanket endorsement and celebration of disney either i think it stays on the rails of its subject matter and it's one of those things where when i saw the title i think like you immediately my mind went to all of those things that i am fascinated by when it comes to theme parks and their use of sound and i feel you know, or going into it at least felt very naive about how all that all works, but was aware that there was, you know, a lot of masterful manipulation going on in terms of making you feel like you're immersed in a particular landscape. And so this was wonderful because you got these repeated experiences of, oh gosh, I never thought of that. And, you know, for example, when they're talking about the buffer zones, the fact that when you're transiting between two particular um, atmospheres, I guess, or themed sections of the park, you have to have areas where you are transiting from one zone to another. And that can't be Mm. this sort of like mangled, discordant experience where you've got half of one world and half of another. You have to sort of enter this vanilla sort of period before you can come out into a a new zone 
And there was also a really nice bit about those rides. I can't remember the one in particular that they were talking about, where you've got a, you know, you're you're taken on a journey through, um, generally on water, through these different rooms, and each one has a different iteration of a particular song, and they're all threaded yeah. together to make it feel like the song is continuing throughout, and the instruments mm. around are changing all the time, and. You know, I think the way that that's put together is really, really, it's fascinating. And it's something as well that, you know, when you're on the ride, you're just like, wee, colours, noises. And (laughs) it's not always something that you think about, that someone has had to generate this song in several different iterations and then make them work seamlessly. The bit about the characters as well was brilliant because you're like, oh, well, you don't really question it. You're like, well, obviously, you know, they just put a speaker by a character and that would be enough. you have to think about the three-dimensionality of space the fact that if you're stood behind the character it needs to feel like that and doesn't yeah you know you don't want then the speaker to be in such a place that it feels like that it's coming out of a plant even the power (laughs) of the speakers like being enough to to transport the voice where it needs to go right they talked about that that was great I think what's interesting about 20,000 Hertz generally as well is that it does seem that they are gaining in popularity and becoming more of a serious thing in the sense that there's that latter portion of the episode which is all about Bose, which is clearly like a sponsored piece of content, which, you you know, I don't mind. But it does seem to indicate that they are gathering a bit of momentum with this. yeah, it's a it's a good podcast. I I have the odd issue with the presenting style, almost feeling like some kind of corporate branding video. Sometimes he's got this very smooth tone of voice, which you know is like syrup. But a lot of the time, I'm just like, okay. I mean, that's I don't know. It doesn't feel like that's probably how he really talks. Uh, and it's got this yeah. almost like movie trailer drama to it, which sometimes I find a bit deterring. But it's never enough to really knock me off my interest in the content itself. And this episode was definitely one of the best that I've listened to of them. Jack, we're on a roll. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. So Sam Harris waking up with Sam Harris. Um, so we talked about this podcast on, I think, episode seven with Matt Berkowitz, who put yes. it forward as his recommendation. And so I'd listened to a fair few of Sam's podcasts by that point. But over the past few months, I've been listening to more and more. Um, I don't always agree with everything Sam says. I mean, we've spoken about the fact that he's a controversial figure. And there is sometimes where uh, Sam puts something forward and I'm like, ah go easy there but i think on the whole it's he's a he's a fantastic interviewer uh, i think he's very very interesting as someone who's clearly trying to celebrate and tout the benefits of rational thought and evidence-based thought but um there was one particular episode again like some of all parts uh, it's a podcast i enjoy generally but one particular episode that that really blew my mind and um this was a two-hour episode called the nature of consciousness based on an interview with a professor called thomas metzinger and i have a very vivid memory of my first experience listening to this podcast because i've now listened to it twice in preparation for this but the first time i'd been told it was like 10 o'clock at night and um i'd been told by my manager that i was going to have to cover a night shift and so i thought i was going to be going to bed within an hour's time and then suddenly i was told no you're coming into work so you're going to be working through the night and i had like a two-hour journey in order to get to work at that point that that i wasn't expecting so i bought a big latte big soy latte 
and put on this conversation about the nature of consciousness. And it's absolutely fascinating. I mean, it's a subject that I'm quite interested in anyway, but I know that, gosh, it's so difficult to have conversations about this kind of things without the whole thing tumbling off the rails and, for, and, and, and without losing your audience entirely. I mean, how do you talk about this stuff in terms that feel lucid and that you can connect to? I mean, these are two people that have been spending large portions of their life uh, discussing these topics and thinking about these topics. How do you make that relatable to a layman like me? But somehow they, I feel like they manage it. I mean, it, obviously I do fall, uh, fall off the path a little bit when they get really into the weeds on, on stuff like, um, you know, the, the hallucination of the self. Um, the, you know, and, and there's some stuff about the uh, generation of conscious artificial intelligence as well. I mean, there are points where I kind of was like, oh, I'm not sure I understand this. But quickly you get back on track. And it felt very vivid and, and beautifully articulated. And it, over the course of that two-hour discussion, I mean, they cover so much. And I think the conversation itself is just so brilliantly orchestrated. I think the way that they are ping back and forth between their two perspectives in a way which isn't just constant endorsement of the other person's opinion, but often an elaboration and often a slight pushback on what the other person is saying, but in a really respectful and um, reason-based way. Um, there's another podcast I was torn between choosing which episode to put to you Freds because the other one that I really was interested in this year was uh, an interview that Sam Harris did with Scott Adams of Dilbert fame where he talks about yeah. Trump and Scott Adams is someone who is... I used to think that Scott Adams was someone who was just impressed by Trump's way with words and his abilities of persuasion. I think what comes right. out over the course of this conversation between Sam Harris and Scott Adams is that he is an endorser of Trump. Uh, he loves the shit out of him. And so Sam and Scott have this discussion uh, where Scott is defending Trump. Sam is trying to take him down. And what it really becomes is... Um, a really interesting demonstration of reasoning and how we build arguments and how we deal with arguments we don't like. I mean, there are points where Sam gets um, audibly annoyed in a way that I've not really heard. And so you hear this emotional infiltration into the discussion. And so it's, I mean, I've heard obviously discussions about Trump to the point of just you know it's it's got crazy now but this one i thought was particularly interesting because it didn't just reduce itself to a slanging match and neither did it go over the same old ground that you hear on more news-based podcasts as well so yeah waking up with sam harris is something now that i listen to pretty much every episode i find it really interesting it's one i've got to listen to in the morning where i've got a lot of energy or if i've got a soy latte on hand but um yeah overall big fan Freddie, what do you reckon? I I think that, um, and this this is a bad reflection upon me, but I think this is <laughs> this is your do by Friday to me. <laughs> In that I like dumb humor podcasts, <laughs> you like <laughs> philosophical discussions about the nature of consciousness. Um, I I do enjoy the the discussion, but I it's heavy going, and I. 
I find it hard. I find it really <laughs> difficult to follow. And interestingly, the one you were just telling me about, the one that you were umming and ahhing about recommending, and then you ended up with this one. The 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 one you've just described sounds amazing. <laughs> I have to go and listen to that because <laughs> oh, that it. sounds like I would really really keep on top of it. Yeah. Um, and I, I did find this one interesting. Um, and again, I think it goes back to um, and we've spoke about it a lot at the end of podcasts with guests, and I, I know it's a big deal for me is my kind of listening context which is that i tend to listen while i'm doing kind of housework and and you know washing up or like cleaning or you know stuff like that so it it has to have a, a kind of a level of energy to kind of keep my my brain with it if you know what i mean yeah you know almost to the point where you know yeah and i i just i feel i feel like i i do really enjoy sam harris but i feel like it's it feels like a lot of effort for me to kind of really keep with the with the subject matter and, and some of it like you say some of it just goes straight over my head in terms of it being uh so in the weeds um so deep that uh yeah i just i do struggle with with old sam harris and waking up but in the same kind of dubai friday way i like that you like it Jack. <laughs> um I, I i do like it and it is in my feed and i will be checking out that semi-heated discussion about trump because i will find that one particularly interesting yeah and i think you know the way you describe that sounds uh super interesting in in the sense that it is a reasoned argument between two opposite sides which is something that just doesn't seem to happen very often yeah um, totally. so i'm i'm super intrigued by that but yeah i have to say this episode of nature of consciousness I, I i struggled through i got there um <laughs> all two hours of it um i did get there but it was it was difficult for my kind of monkey brain to kind of uh, <laughs> to keep up with and, and to kind of keep on top of um which i know is is certainly a reflection on me more than anything else but i'm kind of happy to uh, to paint myself as the the lover of dumb joke podcasts <laughs> sam harris's intellectual discussions with people so i but i can't fault it as a podcast you know i can't i can't fault it at all i think he has a good mastery of most of the subject matter and has the kind of humility to admit when he's talking about something he doesn't know a lot about yes you know he's he's quite happy to be the student rather than the mentor where where he feels that he doesn't know a lot and i think there's a nice thing in that i think there's a lot of podcasts where hosts and i think this happens a lot on discussion podcasts Mm -hmm. where you you'll get a host who doesn't know a lot about something but clearly wants to kind of bluff their way through knowing a lot about that thing because they feel like they need to do that in order to keep the conversation interesting and actually the reality is that you know there's a lot of people like me hopefully hopefully i'm not the only one who doesn't have a really good understanding of the things that are being discussed so actually having that kind of him having that humility to say i don't know a lot about this and i want to learn about it and using the podcast as a kind of you know a vehicle to 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 discover and understand a, a subject or a theory or whatever else really helps dummies like me who like 
no. people sending each other <laughs> gifts on Amazon. Stop that business. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is that is a good point, and I think even that one with Scott Adams, where clearly he's bringing on someone who he doesn't agree with. I think he is ultimately saying, "Help me understand where you're coming from here." And so yeah. there is a humility, even in something where you think that Sam may be just dragging along a lamb so that he can slaughter them in front of two microphones, <laughs> and he's really not doing that. But yeah, uh, Freddie, I think that is a thoroughly valid uh, viewpoint on this and it is certainly difficult I think to do washing up while being told that you know human beings may be better off if they didn't exist at all and would reduce suffering that way (laughs) you know scrubbing out (laughs) Christmas gravy from your plates and hearing all that kicking off it's not really a combination that goes hand in hand for something a bit lighter and definitely something that I think meets our unanimous enjoyment would you like to introduce your third and are we on the final one now for you we are. Yeah, so this is the glorious return to uh, season two of Heavyweight, which we discussed with Mark Bramhill of Welcome to Macintosh earlier on this year and unanimously loved. And mm. I, it was, I think when Mark recommended it to me, it was one of those podcasts that had kind of flown under my radar, but I didn't realise quite how much I'd love it until I kind of devoured the remaining episodes of that first season. And then I got to the end of the first season and it's like, oh, it's gone now. Um, <laughs> but luckily, because I discovered it so late, the second season popped up pretty damn quickly. Um, so yeah, this 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 episode, Rose, is I think the first in the in the second season. Uh, am I right there, Jack? I'm not being stupid, am I? Oh no, I, I don't know. But well, there was a zero, wasn't there? But I guess that doesn't count. I'm not going to count it. <laughs> just for the sake of being right um and you know i think i wouldn't even say it's a criticism but it is a it's a point to be made that heavyweight follows a set formula which is you know and and rose is a good example where you know there's a problem and and jonathan finds a problem and at first that problem is seemingly impossible to overcome in some way, shape, or form. There's some kind of trepidation, isn't there? You know, either mm. he's got to unite two people together who who don't want to spend time together or don't like each other, and that initial meeting is awkward and horrible and insults are exchanged and all the... You know, and, he, and it basically it always gets to a point where you think... God, he's really fucked this one up, hasn't he? Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and I think this one is no exception. So Rose um, was in a sorority... And it was a it was a big deal. Um, I don't I don't want to give like loads of detail away because I I do want people to listen to this and enjoy it without mm. me kind of yeah. So you know, but she was in a sorority. That there's a lot of detail in there which I I will skip over um, for the sake of making it a more interesting listen for you. Effectively, she got kicked out, and she wasn't really given an explanation. In fact, the only thing they said was you know what you did, and it always plagued her in some way in that she kind of you know uh, you know life moves on and and she's moved on and all the rest of it and we hear about that but like i think she always wondered why she was kicked out and that became the mystery that jonathan was trying to solve um and you know there are points where he just seems to be getting stonewalled by everyone who was previously in the sorority everyone who is still part of that sorority because obviously these things go on and you know he has these conversations with the receptionist at the um sorority's office where they they where they chat and he tries to understand what's happening and it almost becomes like a conspiracy because they can't seem to get any details or information on the meeting where rose was kicked out of the sorority which is crazy interesting um it's crazy interesting in the sense that 
it shouldn't be interesting because you know who cares yeah. but i think that's what uh jonathan goldstein does an amazing job of his his like empathetic abilities are just profound and they're just so good that he can just take a subject you know if someone came up to me that i knew and said i got kicked out of this club and i don't really know why and um, I'd, I'd just be like, oh, you should go ask them. And that'd be the end of me really being too bothered. Um, and that is why I do not host Heavyweight. Um, but I love the fact that he cares about this stuff enough to to take it up. But I love the fact that he's able to retell the story of him taking it up in a way that makes me care about it as well. Mm. Um, and yeah, and there is a resolution of sorts. I don't... And this is the... This is the weird thing. I think that one of the kind of geniuses of heavyweight is that often the resolution in heavyweight is the resolution you maybe expected or wanted, but it's usually heartfelt and you feel quite satisfied Mm. at the end of it in a weird way. And I think, you know, there's quite often with these things, because we're talking about kind of people's emotions and people's opinions and stuff, there isn't a straight, clean cut answer to everything. But I feel like they get to the end and you kind of go okay i I, it was there's not there's not an a or b answer here it's not a black or white answer but i i appreciate where you've got to with this and i feel pretty satisfied and i think there's something great about that because i think in a lot of situations in life you wouldn't be satisfied with the kind of a not black or white answer at this point and i think that's what makes heavyweight really good is that it's the story is told and the kind of resolution happens in a way that you do feel satisfied and it's they're often quite emotional in a in a really interesting and uh, ultimately uplifting way so i basically i've deliberately tried to talk around the narrative as much as i can because i just feel like that that's what makes the whole thing a great listen i just don't want to give away too much jack um have i kind of like said enough without saying too much yeah i think you've stepped along the boundary that i was planning to step along as well which is like basically there's a conspiratorial edge to this concealment of the truth and they dig into that and you know they come up with some theories and as you say i don't think it's spoiling it to say that the resolution is a strange one in it and as with many of these heavyweight episodes actually the resolution is pretty complicated i think it is part of our instincts to want to get out the other side and go ah so it all ended like this and there's like a really succinct statement you can use to round everything off and i think what heavyweight is so great at is making the resolution not really a resolution at all but more a development um that has all of the complexity of the question and the circumstances upon which the podcast was uh, the podcast episode was founded and that is because i think what jonathan goldstein is so good at is dealing with human beings and celebrating humanness being humans and being quite bumbling um, being quite regretful being quite mm-hmm. emotional mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's not really a point where in real life people are capable of summing everything up succinctly. Things are constantly shrouded in complication. And I think uh, what I was really glad to see with Series 2 of Heavyweights, and I've only listened to a few so far, is that there's barely any change at all. I mean, if any, I don't think, to the format or to anything because, and I think that's because there's just so much ground to be gone over on this topic. And what I really, really love, and I think I love more and more as I hear Heavyweight, is the fact that Jonathan Goldstein is 
an idiot a lot of the time and <laughs> a lot of his attempts that he tries to make to keep the peace or to reconcile people often make it worse and he often makes yeah. a lot of mistakes that which you know in the narration he reflects back upon and sometimes makes a wry sort of dry joke about the fact that he really screwed up when he was trying to do something i think he also works with very human guests as well i think often you know the the guests that um people bring onto podcasts say like rose in this scenario often come across feeling just like a nice likable person they have their story yeah. they have their tribulation and you are brought onto their side without any question over whether or not um you know they're a good person or they're someone that you would want to get along with or, or, or get behind and i right. think the characters on heavyweight are often quite complicated there's points where jonathan's trying to ring up rose and tell her the latest developments of the story and she's clearly not interested and so she's doing other stuff while he's trying to talk to her and she's you know yeah. i can't remember she's like peeling potatoes or something like that yeah and suddenly you're like oh well, that's you know almost quite rude but that's fine yeah. it's funny as well people are very human on heavyweight and and i like that so also as well episode zero which we briefly mentioned um was amazing <laughs> i won't go into the story but just go and check it out and it's also one of the funniest heavyweights i've heard as well because there's someone on that particular episode who hates jonathan goldstein and i think he wields that really well in the generation of comedic value shall we say but yeah it's brilliant oh yeah i um i think you've done an amazing summary there jack i just i do really really love it and i think yeah it can't be repeated enough that there's although there's absolutely really no change to format at all in this particular case in this particular podcast it's not a bad thing and actually we've discussed in 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 a few in a few podcasts in the past where where they've tried to experiment with format I think they've made missteps. Yes. Um, perhaps. Or, or they've just made something that's perhaps not as compelling as the original one was. And I think Heavyweight's format seems to be one that, although they don't need to change, it doesn't seem to be getting tired no. as yet. So um, I kind of look forward to the future of Heavyweight. And uh, I'm still working my way through kind of the episodes in the, in the second season. So, uh, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to kind of getting around to all of those. Jack you have got our last podcast recommendation of 2017 how about that how about it so this is soundtracking with edith bowman and it's where radio dj edith bowman speaks with directors composers and actors about the music of the big screen it's really really great i knew as soon as i knew the concept of this podcast that i was going to enjoy it i like edith bowman as well she sometimes stands in on kermit and mayo's podcast when they're not around she clearly knows her films and obviously as a dj she clearly knows her music as well and she doesn't suppress that passion for either when she's speaking to these people which I really like. I mean, the interview portions of the podcast aren't actually... I mean, when you add it up, there's probably about 10 minutes of interview. The way it's structured is that you have these quotes of her interview with um, whoever she's talking to, and then they bring in a piece of music that demonstrates whatever they were just talking about, and then it cuts back into the interview. Ultimately, there's about 10 minutes of interview, I reckon. But even within that time, you get the sense that she's built up a real rapport. Almost you get the sense that they've been speaking speaking for an hour before they switch the microphones on and that's really nice 
So the episode that I picked out in particular here is with uh, Nicholas Brattel, who was the composer on Moonlight. And this was one of those where my experience of that film was thoroughly enriched by knowing more about the score. And you realise that there are uh, hidden details which are quietly generating a sensation within you, and you're not even aware of it at the time. So with the case of the Moonlight score, I mean, if no one, if people haven't seen it, it's a film in three sections um, depicting three stages of life for one particular kid, and the score is wielded in such a way that certain themes in the first portion of the film are then repeated, but in a chopped and screwed form in the second portion and the third. And so you get these little emblems of familiarity, but they're completely uh, transformed in such a way that generates the idea of progression. And I love that when a score almost mimics the narrative of a film and you'd never know about it until someone told you about it. But yeah, Edith is so enthusiastic when she's speaking to Nicholas about this. And she, as much as I do, really loves this idea of twisting music in order to um, generate a sense of progression but also keeping that common thread throughout um there are other really good episodes here i mean we've spoken freddie about that one well there's two actually with edgar wright he starts Uh by doing one about his career to date and then there's a whole episode dedicated to baby driver which actually i'm halfway through listening to as of this morning i put it on as i was uh in the gym this morning and um actually i rewatched baby driver on christmas day and having this come hot on the heels of uh, actually watching the film was was excellent yeah um and he's a great interviewee as well there's also another one on yorgos lanthimos who's this uh, director who did killing of a sacred deer and the lobster as well and i'm really intrigued to listen to that one because he doesn't really use composed uh, like a, a composer for his music he's often yeah. reappropriating music in a really interesting way and i know that based on what i've heard from with edith that she will uh, penetrate that side of his work effectively so yeah it's a wicked podcast i love the way it's structured it's like little interview cut across to some music so you can hear it demonstrated cut back you know there's a lot of love for music in this podcast so um yes yeah it's it's a good one what do you reckon I um, really, really enjoyed it. Um, I, it was a completely new one on me. I hadn't heard of it until it popped up in the uh, in the Google Doc, and I'm really, really glad that you you sent it my way. Um, I kind of I, I've I've not got as far as I really wanted to in terms of getting through other episodes, but I love the Moonlight episode. Moonlight is a film that shockingly I still haven't seen, but I really, really I know. I, I but I do really appreciate the uh, the the kind of discussion behind the score. And, and especially kind of for the, the use of that chopped and screwed technique. I found that really intriguing and, and something that I, I wasn't aware of as a kind of an audio production technique. So that was that was an interesting thing and interesting that it came from hip hop and they've kind of used it on kind of a traditional orchestral score, which I find kind of interesting as well. So as soon as I kind of got through that first Moonlight episode, I, I, I immediately jumped onto the Baby Driver one because I love that film and yeah. I, I loved the way that the 
kind of film has a relationship with the score in a sense there's, there's not really a score but the, the film has a relationship with the music it's a probably a better way of putting it and you know and it's a, it's a relationship between film and music that's not really been explored to the extent it was in baby driver in that the entire film was choreographed and scripted around the music and not vice versa um which i think is an interesting kind of you know it's an almost an anti-score isn't it because scores usually are put to the film yeah you know yeah. in retrospect whereas this film was made with all of the songs in mind and it was choreographed with all the songs in mind and you know edgar wright talks about the moments where he couldn't get clearance for certain songs or certain bits of songs so he had to rewrite bits of the film to work and he even <laughs> talks about bits where he would listen to a song so many times he got sick of it so he wrote a bit of the film differently so he could get rid of the song that he originally had planned to put in there and all the rest of it yeah. and i find that really really fascinating and yeah you, you pick up quite rightly on the format which I, I think is really really good which is this kind of you know they've obviously gone on this gigantic task of getting clearance to use all of the music from all of the films on the show and they use it to great effects where they, they they give enough of that music that you feel like you've really got understanding of what's just been talked about and i like that i like that the music doesn't kind of play second fiddle um pun the pun to to um ha. to the conversation it, it's it's as important it, it's given that kind of equal waiting isn't it where you know they will discuss something and then the music will play out uh, almost to the point where I'm, I, I occasionally feel like i think it's my um i think i've been trained by song exploder where the end of the song exploder is the song and so sometimes when i'm listening to soundtracking the score or the bit of music from the film lingers on to the point where i'm like am i just going to hear the whole thing and that's the end <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, that, is that what's happening but it never goes on too long it just it kind of lingers that little bit but i also like that you know they also know occasionally when there's a really extended and interesting point to be made just to let the you know to not to not chop up chop up the uh, conversation too much and to let the kind of longer points kind of draw out so yeah, I, I I really really loved it, and um, I, I you know I, I've got the, the the page up here with the with the details of a few of them on. I've just like looked down the sidebar with top episodes, and I've seen that episode one is Ben Wheatley talking about High Rise, which is a film that I really really ah. loved. So I am going to go all the way back to episode one for Ben Wheatley, and uh, yeah, there's a there's a few in there that you've mentioned that I I really want to work my way through, and uh, yeah, it seems to. It's this is going to be a bit of a treasure trove that's going to take me right through the new year i think jack yeah absolutely well i'm glad to hear it and me as well actually you reminded me that i need to listen to that ben wheatley one but i think really really good point about the fact that the uh, both the interview segments and the music segments are drawn out actually uh, beyond what is probably traditional for this kind of podcast yes and the music you i think those extra 10 seconds just give you the impression that they're really into the music it's not just a, a, a perfunctory inclusion. It's like, actually, do you know what? It is demonstrating a point, but we just love this track. And, uh, you know, I think Edith as well, in, when, when she is told about a piece of music that she really enjoys, she's like, oh, I love that track. You know, she bursts in and yes, she talks yes. about how much she loves it. And I'm all for that. She does that a lot in the Baby Driver one, which uh, yes. know, I think is just charming and wonderful. Great. Well, that's six podcasts that we've been enjoying this year and hopefully there's something that our listeners can pick up and enjoy as much as we have been. 
or not enjoy in the case of a couple of them but you know let's not go over that um we've got a couple <laughs> of other things to to mention i mean one is um well on our last episode we spoke with nate sloan about mogul that was his recommendation that nate put forward and we all shared an appreciation of mogul and um also as well actually it's worth mentioning i said that i'd get my dad to give it a listen uh, he approves as well despite his lack of grounding in hip-hop but Reggio say passed very recently freds not very long after after that episode came out actually so that was uh it was a sad note and i think you messaged me actually and i, I yeah it was it was very sad it was very sad to hear that he passed and uh we love mogul and um you know, as you rightly said just before we started recording, Jack, if 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 you haven't already listened to Mogul, this is just one more reason to because this is a beautiful kind of uh, snapshot of uh, one person's life. And ironically, it's not he's not the subject of the show, but he is a big, big part of Mogul, and um, I'm sure he'll be, he'll be missed. Yeah, hundred percent. It's a wonderful podcast, and he brings so much life to it as well. So, yeah, please check that out if you haven't already. Um, Right, well, we're having a little break, aren't we, Freds? Yeah, we are. We are going to take off January, so there will be no new episodes through January 2018. Um, so we can uh, find new guests to come on the show and speak to us about their favourite podcasts. And if you fancy telling us about your favorite podcasts then please do um who knows you may end up being a guest yourself you may end up being one of the many people we are going to do our uh, enduring our january recording sessions um so if you have a podcast that we haven't mentioned um or one that you think we just really love even if it feels like an obvious one uh, l- let us know you can email us at hello at episode dot party um you could also tweet us if you like we are at episode under underscore party on twitter so um yeah let us know what your favorite podcasts are because uh if you've got some interesting ones then who knows you might well be part of the 2018 run of episode party so yeah i think that rounds us off doesn't it jack it does yeah i mean 2017 has been wicked because obviously it was the yes. year that we started episode party and we're looking forward to carrying it on in 2018 and uh, look forward to bringing you more recommendations digging absolutely deep into the feeds <laughs> indeed indeed um thanks very much once again um if you if this is your first episode or you just want to find out more or you want links to any of the podcasts that we've discussed over the last year um you can head to www.episode.party and then just click on the show and we've linked the the three main recommendations we have in each episode are in there i haven't included all the ancillary recommendations because it could get a bit out of control <laughs> uh, but maybe that's something i'll do in the future maybe maybe that's a 2018 thing who knows <laughs> i'm making no promises at this stage <laughs> <laughs> and on that note <laughs> uh, i've been i've been jack tutor i've been freddie harrison and we'll see you in feb goodbye goodbye Hi, it's Jack again. Thank you so much for listening to Episode Party. If you've been enjoying the show, please give us a rating and review on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. It would mean a lot. Thank you so much. Goodbye.